This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike! Mike, how you doing? Don't ask. Oh, bad. This instant reaction is a, it's a lot. I'll be completely honest. We're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. We are doing an instant reaction three hours after the Cincinnati Bengals game. And obviously, we've recapped it a lot during the week. But now, that was a loss. That was a big, ugly L to start the season. It was what I said on the pod, I think multiple times was the Bengals win this game unless they turn the ball over multiple times. Five. Then they have five. Was then all in the first half? I mean, no, no, four in the first half, one in the second half. But my goodness, the only way they win is with those turnovers because you throw a pick six, you give them field possession four other times. Well, the one pick I remember, they would have been better off swatting, but whatever. You honestly could have called them all interception. At least the one was ruled a strip sack for <laughs> if Burrow's going to have an all pro uh, case this season, but man, now you have to blame what TJ Watt just makes a superhuman defensive player of the year play on the one. And then I think you just, whatever Collins, I want him to take a shot at Watt every time he jumps because the guy's not going to jump if he's getting his ribs hit every time he tries to do that. But he's also setting like a normal, I think it was a little bit of a vertical. It was at least a deeper angle. So it's hard to do that because he's setting back. He sees him jump the reaction time. You're already like a, a yard or two away. I get it. You know, he couldn't get him, but that's just a superhuman play. But the other ones, I can't even blame wide receivers for the most part. Like the first play of the game was a sack Volson versus Hayward. I was hammering on that's being a terrible matchup for the Bengals. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I don't want to be vindicated this way on the first play of the game. Then the second play. Now I got a replay. I, I think it might have been quarters, but it could have been halves. It doesn't matter. Minka's all over the corner route. They ran what I call a knife concept, which is a corner from the inside guy and a, just a shallow in from the outside guy. And uh, Burrow's like looking at it, looking at it, and he's just so late. Like I, I think the entire first half, you could just say he was late on like everything. It was it was odd. Like he just wasn't in a groove. He was like that was a very late throw. It was also kind of it also felt a little bit like some of the throws just didn't I'm not feeding into the narrative, but they, they, they didn't have even the same amount of pepper that, you know, the little bit of mustard that he was able to put on them last year. It felt there was also that play in the end zone that gets tipped that uh, the attempt to at Jamar chase, I think it was on fourth down. 
towards the end of the game that got tipped and that i was when i was watching i was like yeah i get a little bit more on that because his corner was able to sink underneath and get a hand on it so my my instant reaction was uh and then the long snapper thing is just what a yeah i I mean uh how much can you blame mitch wilcox for trying to step in and do it but uh you you really can't and and honest i mean you can you honestly can at the same time. I, I say you can't, but at the same time, I, for, you can. for a backup long snapper that I, you know, you don't carry a backup long snapper. Like that was fine. If they blocked Minka, he they just hit that extra point and win the game. But here's the thing, that's a huge concern right now on this Bengals roster. I would be with you if Cal Adamitis wasn't on the on the practice squad. I feel like you just call him up, and I feel like it should be fine. But I don't know. I wasn't there in practice or anything to see how he was doing. It, it, for me personally, when I think of one of the weapons that this team has offensively on special teams is when you put Evan McPherson out there mm-hmm. and for that to, for him to not have his placeholder, that for me personally is going to be a concern because well, uh, we, snapper, they still have Huber. Yes. Yeah, I know what you're bad. saying. That's my bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but not having Clark Harris out there. I think that's a concern when you go forward, because I do think of, hey, most of the time this team's going to walk away with points if they get to the 50, a little further from the 50. They're going to be fine. They'll have three or they're going to go for the touchdown. I never once thought when Chase got the touchdown that they weren't going to make the extra point. Oh, uh, I did. I, I literally, yeah, I remember I went, oh, my God, Clark Harris is out of this game. Who is a backup long snapper? But I didn't I, think about that at the time. Like, like, oh, I immediately did. I automatic. was thinking of it. I was thinking because you know why I thought of it was they went for it on fourth down, and that's when Burrow threw his fourth interception. Yeah. And at first, I was like, mm, you could argue take the points. And then I also thought, oh yeah, the long snappers out. You kind of have to go for that, um, or at least it makes way more sense to go for it. So then that was in my mind the rest of the time. It was just in my mind about like, oh my God, is this going to go to overtime? And then it did. (laughs) I mean, at one point, the whole overtime, I hate everything about overtime. I hate it because at that point, there's so many things we can break down of, did you do everything right? Did you kick at the right time? Should you have done this? Should you have done that? You're getting close to a tie. I want to give a slight defense for the two things that I think Zach Taylor is getting hammered for. Mm-hmm. I think he punts that ball at 15 seconds because he wants to slow the rush. Now you could have argued do it at 10, just get the extra five, but I don't think they wanted to wait till one second because uh, Wilcox is probably not getting it back there with the same speed that Harris could. And we saw that on the first extra point attempt because the, the reason it got blocked was because it was a tick slow. I remember watching, I went, Ooh, that's slow. That's, that's getting back to kind of slow. You can still bl- hold up the blocking, but Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt were both defensive player of the year level players today. And you just kind of have to accept that. And well, that's what he did. He just, he broke through the line. He was able to block it on a diving attempt because the, the snap was what a quarter second slower. And then the second one, it felt the second long snap he had felt like he was trying to get it back there with more velocity, but then ended up high. And then, it is usually on the snap anymore. It used to be the holder would find the laces and turn it out. But anymore, the snap is supposed to be such a process that these long snappers are actually getting the ball back so that the laces hit the holder in the hand so he knows where they are and can put it down. When it gets in that spot in between the hands and he can't feel the laces, the holder has to kind of guess which way it is and laces were in. Now you could argue McPherson still has to make that, 
but I, the whole operation just seemed off in general. So I don't know. I, the defense is basically you, you snap it on third down because if it's such a bad snap that you can't kick it, you don't want that to happen on fourth down. You want to be able to turtle and have another attempt. And then you snap the punt at 15 because the Steelers aren't ready for a snap at 15 seconds where you're trying to bleed the clock. So you'll be able to get that punt off. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's the thing, and this isn't going to, people aren't going to like this on social media because obviously I forgot how much people get frustrated after a loss because there were only so many last year. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a minute because they had such a great January, but you look at that game and there's opportunities. And I hate saying this because there were so many that this, this team should have won. It did give me vibes of the Bears game last year. Joe Burrow, you know, struggled in the first half and found a way to come back because I feel like we'd be talking about that Jamar Chase throw to, to tie the game more right now if they found a way to win. Um, had a little bit of Vikings vibes. Week one, you go to overtime, you find a way to win. Uh, you should win. A little, little ugly, but you find a way to win. Packers vibes. You know, the kicks that so many times you yeah. thought he was going to win the game. And I think I, I actually was near a Steelers fan during the game. And we both were like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I legit have no clue. They might tie. Your team might win. This team might win. You know, it's wild um, if you look at all the different angles of just how the game went. But you can't turn the ball over five times. Yep. That the the only reason they were in the game is because Pittsburgh had a JV offense. I mean, they had one scoring drive from what I remember. Everything else was off the interceptions or at least maybe two field goal drives. It was basically the flea flicker. And then the last drive of the game, they were actually able to work something. And half of that was because Hubbard jumped offside. So they got a free play. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, the defense played an A game. They, they honestly could have had – like if the offense doesn't turn the ball over, this is like a, a 10 to three slug fest victory for the defense, but the offense spotted Pittsburgh like 13 points. Yeah. I mean, in that situation, it's just really, it's frustrating. It was one of those games. If Cincinnati would have found a way to win and you make the extra point, it's 21, 20 games over, you move on. You're like, okay, they won that one. Not ugly, a lot to fix because you play Dallas in, in week two. But at the same time, let me ask you this, because I'll be completely honest with you. I'm against preseason games. I'm against starters playing in preseason games. I'm worried about injuries. We've talked about it before on this podcast. And I even kind of threw Pittsburgh out on this a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, why in the world would you play your starters in this third preseason game? They could get injured. That's silly. But at the same time, the two coaches go about it a little different. And I don't blame Zach Taylor at all because I think health is the best thing that you can possibly do in this loaded AFC right now. And the AFC North, it's a tough division and you've got to stay healthy because if you're healthy, outlook looks good. 
But at the same time, I feel like they went about it just a little bit different with preseason games. And I will always vote that Joe Burrow never takes a snap in preseason. But you also have an offensive line out there. We talked about it on the last podcast. It's their first game together. It's it's not an excuse because I get the, you know, the backlash of, oh, it's Justin Herbert's out there. Patrick Mahomes is out there. You know, they're not struggling. It's their first game. At the same time, there's a little bit of gelling and you have this new offensive line. Would you put any more, you know, would you, would you look more about like not playing your, your starters in preseason as it being a struggle or more of a concern of kind of how, a little sleepy at times the offense looked. Um, so I almost think the, the one guy I thought really looked rusty was Lyle Collins. And then we almost had to expect this because he's played like two practices and he's going against TJ Watt. It, it, when I saw they weren't really giving him that much help early. And then they started doing the make Watt rush twice type thing where you get a hard chip and then Collins sets. And that's when Watt started just not even rushing in those moments. So that was an interesting chess match with Watt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this you, you're choosing to start slow versus having hitting the ground running but with injury risk. And I think it is more important to keep the health because when you look back this past year, the Rams and Bengals by most metrics were top five in health. And then the year before, the Bucks were the number one healthiest team in the league. So when you're thinking about that in the Super Bowl and making these long playoff runs, it's a long season. If you expect to make the playoffs, I don't care about hitting the ground running. You could drop a game like this, still end up 11 and 6, 10 and 7, make the playoffs and be healthy and go on a run there versus hitting the ground running, winning this game. I mean, it'd be great to get a win against your biggest rivalry at home, not be the biggest buzzkill that I can remember in, in I my I can't believe that game. The only one that comes close is that Stokely game. I, mean, I had less expectations for that team. That was just an insane catch. Um, the tip pass, Brandon yeah. Stokely, Leon Hall, he goes for oh, it. And everybody <laughs> thinks it's the coolest game, and I have to see all these replays, and I, I was devastated when that happened. Not to go too far back into that, but I am going to relive it for a moment because I remember everything about that game, if you do, that it was so boring. The yeah. whole game, nothing was happening. It was a home opener. I was like, whatever, this game is going like it. What a, who knows who's going to win, but nobody's really doing anything. And then the Leon Hall tip past Brandon Stokely. It was 80. I, I feel like the Gus Johnson call could like go right in my mind right now, <laughs> but we're not going back into that. I'm going to go back to the offensive line right now because overreaction Sunday is really a thing. Um, there are a lot of people who are saying, oh, this offensive line is worse than it was when what Joe Burrow had last year. And I'm not ready to get there yet after one week. I still feel like it's their first game together, and that's extremely important. I can't think of another position where you're not gelling, chemistry building, getting games and reps, not practice-related, taking those game day hits. Week one against a very good D-line where it is a huge factor. I'm not reacting to it like that. I do think guys have to you know, pick up some of the slack of what we saw this this week, and Joe can't take some of those hits, and and Joe can be to blame on that. We'll get to that more in, in our next segment. But what do you think about this offensive line? And it's not ready to overreact just yet. Yeah, I'm not overreacting. I, look, I've been hammering that Pittsburgh might have the best front in the entire NFL and led by TJ Watt, defensive player of the year, and played like it this today. Injury, you know, that sucks. But Yeah, no, uh, and, and I will say this about TJ Watt. Obviously, 
again, we have see, we have social media out there, the videos, it's all, you're going to see everything after a game, the highlights and everything like that, cheap shots, things like that were going to happen. Never want TJ Watt to be injured. We don't want that. I agree. Yeah. I've seen some of those Twitter takes and it's just kind of sick to me a little bit. It's like, I'm not rooting for him to get injured. And no, whatnot. no, we don't, we don't want injuries. I mean, you want to play guys at your fullest and at the same time, obviously TJ Watt is, a great defensive player. We know that. Um, yeah. Uh, look, he played. Uh, there's been questions about, like, can he do it against a really good right tackle? And he did it today. I mean, he looked like the defensive player of the year. And then Minka looked like right behind him today. It was, ah, uh, man. Yeah. So I don't care too much about the offensive line performance. Like, it's disappointing when you're expecting to be such a better group on paper. But like you said, they haven't gelled. You got a new center. I don't think they missed too many call. It's tough to say also on these broadcast views because, you know, you, you can only see so much. I remember one free runner coming off of the left side. It was like the backside of a slide and that'll happen. So I, I think Karras was fine. I thought Kappa, I don't, I have to go back and watch to make sure, but I thought he was the best player tonight uh, on, on the offensive line. And then Jonah was uh, the first half. I think I thought he was solid in the second half, but that first half, Highsmith got the better of him. And that was a matchup I was banking on Jonah winning. So when the left tackle is getting beat by Highsmith and the right tackle is getting beat by the defensive player of the year and Cam Harris taking advantage of your fourth round rookie is what it is. I don't think Karras and Kappa played poorly. And I think overall the office line is going to gel and Collins is going to knock off this rust. And, you know, Jonah's probably not going to lose like that to at least over an entire half to players like Highsmith. But that's why it ended up happening. Now, I, I think Volson is somebody you might need to, protect against these good players because he's a fourth round rookie. And I think we have to be honest about it. I don't know if we expected him to step in and be this even solid level starter when he's, he's kind of the big question on the offensive line. And I'm not going to give him too much you know crap today because he faced Cam Hayward for the most part, but it is something to watch next week against a Dallas line. That isn't the interior isn't as talented. Yeah, I think Volson definitely had a welcome to the NFL moment. And we knew about that going into this game of a, a rookie guard playing against some of the best defensive line, like you said, that they might face all season. Uh, we'll get more into Joe Burrow's struggles, unfortunately, something we weren't really expecting in this game, but knew what he was going up against next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.